0: And our second scripture reading today comes to us from Esther, chapter 1, verses 10 through 22. Esther 1, verses 10 through 22. You can find it in your pew Bibles on page 776. 776. Esther, chapter 1, verses 10 through 22. On the seventh day, when King Xerxes was in high spirits from wine, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served served him, Mahuman, Biztha, Harbona, Bigtha, Abagtha, Zethar, and Carcas, to bring before him Queen Vashti, wearing her royal crown, in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles. For she was lovely to look at. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. Then the king became furious and burned with anger. Since it was customary for the king to consult experts in matters of law and justice, he spoke with the wise men who understood the times and were closest to the king. Karshina, Shethar, Admatha, Tarshish, Merez, Marsena and Mamukin, the seven nobles of Persia and Media, who had special access to the king and were highest in the kingdom. According to law, what must be done to Queen Vashti? he asked. She has not obeyed the king the command of the king of King Xerxes that the eunuchs have taken to her. Then Mamukin replied in the presence of the king and the nobles. Queen Vashti has done wrong, not only against the king, but also against the nobles and the peoples of all the provinces of King Xerxes. For the queen's conduct will become known to all the women. And so they will despise their husbands and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. This very day, the Persian and Median women of nobility who have heard about the queen's conduct, will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. There will be no end of disrespect and discord. Therefore, if it pleases the king, let him issue a royal decree, and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media, which cannot be repealed, that Vashti is never again to enter the presence of King Xerxes. Also, let the king give her royal position to someone else who is better than she." Then when the king's edict is proclaimed throughout all his vast realm, all the women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. The king and his nobles were pleased with this advice, so the king did as Mamukin proposed. He sent dispatches to all parts of the kingdom, to each province in its own script, and to each people in its own language, proclaiming in each people's tongue, that every man should be ruler over his own household. These are the unchanging words of God. May all who hear them find mercy and forgiveness from Thee, King. On October 1st, in Las Vegas, Nevada, our country's deadliest mass shooting took place. Fifty-nine people were killed, and over 500 more were hospitalized. President Obama spoke of it as a senseless tragedy, and our current president called it an act of pure evil. But the question everyone is asking is, why? From what we know, it does not seem that the gunman had any ties to a terrorist group. He didn't have a political or a religious agenda that we know of. There were no signs of mental illness. I mean, maybe if he had left behind some type of manifesto that would have given us some kind of insight into his reasoning. Or if he had had joined ISIS... The, the motive would have been pretty clear. But from what we can tell, this was a long, planned out act of evil. And that's all that it was. And America is left grasping at straws, trying to figure out why. Last week, we began our journey through the book of Esther, and I ask you to set aside any moral judgments you may have on the characters that you will encounter on this journey. The author of Esther does not cast judgment one way or the other. Instead, he he cares more about where the actions of these characters take them. He is following a line of dominoes all ready to topple one after another, watching them fall as a lead towards that ultimate end. And last week I you were introduced to King Xerxes, a man of great power and magnificence. After putting his wealth on display for 6 months, he threw a 7-day banquet demonstrating how gracious he was in order to convince the leaders and the generals of his 127 provinces to go to war with him against Greece. And then we were briefly introduced to Queen Vashti as well. For Xerxes had allowed his wife to host her own party for the wives of these leaders. The king's kindness was felt by all. Which brings us to our text for today. Esther 1, look at verses 10 and 11. On the seventh day, when King Xerxes was in high spirits from wine, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served him, Mahuman, Bista, Harbona, Bigtha, Abiktha, Zestar, and Carcass, to bring before him Queen Vashti, wearing her royal crown, in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles. For she was lovely to look at." (laughs) It was the seventh day of this banquet, and the king was in high spirits. In other words, Xerxes was drunk. And this was typical of the Persian kings during this time, for for they believed that intoxication put them in touch with the spirit world. You see, Xerxes and his commanders and generals, they were strategizing a plan of attack upon Greece, so they would have looked for help from their gods. And they believed that alcohol would bring them a closer connection to that spirit world, aiding them in their efforts. Of course, too much wine impairs one's judgment, right? And the king gave a command that he may not have otherwise given. The command for the the beautiful Queen Vashti to be put on display. You've heard of the term trophy wife. Right? For Xerxes, the the lovely queen wearing her royal diadem was a living prize of his greatness and his glory. Maybe he thought that the sight of the queen might invoke a, a sense of patriotism and loyalty. When I lived in Thailand, graduating from a renowned university was a huge deal for the Thai people. For at their ceremony, they would be handed a diploma by either a prince or a princess. Such a meeting would fill their hearts with excitement and joy. They were proud of their king and and of his royal family. But maybe it was different. Maybe Xerxes was so drunk that he just wanted to objectify his wife in front of his friends. This is another possibility. Whatever the reason for Xerxes' demand, the eunuchs were sent to the queen. Look at verse 12. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. Then the king became furious and burned with anger. Again, we're we're left to wonder why Queen Vashti disobeyed the command maybe she felt objectified by the request such a gaudy display was fine for a concubine but but not for the queen of Persia she had too much dignity for that she didn't want to be just another trophy wife she has too much pride or maybe she also was drunk And in her stupor, she just simply rebelled against her husband. We really don't know why Queen Vashti disobeyed the king, and the author doesn't care to tell us. What we do know is that she defied the king's command. Now, if you recall, Xerxes had set up this whole affair to demonstrate his strength and power and glory. He was trying to unify his nobles and his generals as he prepared for war against Greece. This refusal by the queen was about to undo six months' worth of preparation in an instant. So it's no wonder that the king was furious and that he burned with anger. He needed to command kings and generals Yet he didn't even have command in his own household. Let's see how he responded. Verse 13. Since it was customary for the king to consult experts in matters of law and justice, he spoke with the wise men who understood the times and were closest to the king, Karshena, shethtar Admatha, Tarshish, Merez, Marsena, and Mamukin the seven nobles of Persia and Media who had special access to the king and were highest in the kingdom. According to law, what must be done to Queen Vashti, he asked. She has not obeyed the command of King Xerxes that the eunuchs have taken to her. Though Xerxes burned with rage, he does not act in his anger. Instead, he seeks counsel in the laws of the land. In fact, he brings in experts to guide him in his response. I mean, listen again to Xerxes' word. According to law, what must be done to Queen Vashti? This is true justice. He does not fly off the handle and pronounce a quick judgment. Nor does he sit back And let the queen's transgression slide. Instead, he looks for a punishment that fits the crime. And this is important for you to see. For again, the author is deliberately showing you what type of king Xerxes is. There's a reason that this man was such a mighty ruler. He didn't allow his emotions to control his actions. He sought counsel and did things by the book. In this way, he remained pure and just. Verse sixteen. Then Mamukin replied in the presence of the king and the nobles. Queen Vashti has done wrong, not only against the king, but also against all the nobles and the peoples of all the provinces of King Xerxes. For the queen's conduct will become known to all the women, and so they will despise their husbands and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. This very day, the Persian and Median women of nobility who have heard about the queen's conduct will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. There will be no end of disrespect and discord. <laughs> Mamukin is very astute. This isn't just a dispute between a husband and a wife. Rather, it is a queen who has defied the king. There were political ramifications. A sin against the king was a sin against the people as well. Out of all the citizens, Queen Vashti should have been a model of obedience. For in many ways, she represented her people. Mamukin also understands that a law that isn't enforced is no law at all. It's like driving five miles an hour over the speed limit. Everybody does it, because the cops are only looking for those who are driving ten over or higher. One of the main purposes of the law is to deter sin. Yet if nothing gets enforced the opposite tends to happen. Sin increases. Mamukin advises the king to enforce the law, lest the sin of the queen should spread. And this is what he proposed. Verse 19. Therefore, if it pleases the king, let him issue a royal decree and let it be written in the, in the laws of Persia and Media, which cannot be repealed, that Vashti is never again to enter the presence of King Xerxes. Also, let the king give her royal position to someone else who is better than she. Then when the king's edict is proclaimed throughout all his vast realm, all the women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. The king and his nobles were pleased with this advice. So the king did as Mamukin proposed. An irrevocable decree would determine Vashti's fate. Because of one transgression, as little as it may have seemed, Vashti was stripped of her title and exiled from the king's presence. Her crown would be given to another Someone better than she. Put yourself in Vashti's shoes for a moment. Maybe you thought that you were in the right, and that Xerxes shouldn't have been able to put you on display like a show pony. Or maybe you were drunk, and because of one stupid decision, you have lost both your crown and your husband. It doesn't seem fair, does it? Actually, it is fair. And for two reasons. First, such is the standard of one in such a lofty position. With being a queen comes queenly responsibilities, and Vashti did not live up to expectations. A new queen... A a better queen would have to be found. Second, and more importantly, the crime was against the king, the highest in the land. This was an act of treason. And so the queen was removed, and another domino fell. Let's look at our last verse, verse 22. He sent dispatches to all parts of the kingdom, to each province in its own script, and to each people in its own language, proclaiming in each people's tongue that every man should be ruler over his own household. What began as an issue between two people has escalated into a crisis of empire-wide proportions. Proportions. This was a deposing of a queen. Public shame was brought upon the transgressor. This decree was a big deal. Yet It also had an unintended impact on God's people. You see, many of the Jews who went into exile intermarried with other races, both in Babylon and in Persia. And even though a a large number of them had already returned to Jerusalem, many of the families were losing their Jewish identity. The children were speaking their mother's tongue and learning their mother's tradition. This decree that the man should be ruler over his own household helped to remedy that situation. Having male headship be the law of the land That allowed both the Jewish language and the Jewish traditions to become dominant in Jerusalem once more. Whether the king was right or wrong in his command to put his bride on display, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to the story. And whether the queen was right or wrong in her disobedience, it's also of trivial concern. For there are only two things that matter. One, how this event lines up in that row of dominoes that needs to fall. In order for the bigger story to take place, the queen must be removed. Two, how the might and the, and the justice of the king, along with that disobedient spirit of the queen, are reflections of a greater story. Let's look at the first, for it will point us to the second. In this story, we see an all-powerful king giving a command to his queen. The queen disobeys, bringing dishonor to the king, which in turn fans the flames of the king's fury. Yet as angry as the king may be, he keeps a cool head and patiently seeks justice within the laws of the land. Because the queen represents her people and because her sin is against the king, her misdeed is far greater than it seems. For if the, if the king will not be obeyed, then why should anyone else be obeyed? Others will see her example and follow suit. So she needs to be deposed. Her crown needs to be removed. And she needs to be banished from the king's presence. A new representative must take her place, a better queen. This is crucial. For as great as Vashti may have been, she was not the person who was able to save God's people from the coming destruction. This new and better queen, whom we shall meet next week, has to be a Jew she must be able to stand in for her people as an intermediary on their behalf. Doesn't this remind you of another story? A tale where the mightiest of kings gave a command to one who, like Queen Vashti, also represented his people. One who disobeyed that command and ate from the tree that was forbidden, bringing shame upon himself. Adam was stripped of his privilege privileges and banished from God's sanctuary. It was through this one man that sin and death entered into our world. And look at Romans 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, In this way, death came to all men, because all sinned. Sin is like a virus. It spreads. It is that that yeast that mixes in the dough. Once it's in there, it cannot be removed. And because of Adam's sin, the, the fury of God was kindled. The Lord burns with a righteous wrath at the rebellion within man's heart. Romans 1, verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Or just turn the page and read Romans 2, verse 5. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. When his righteous judgment will be revealed. Being on the opposite side of the fall, it is more difficult for us to see how devastating sin really is. Our hearts and our minds have become calloused and conditioned to evil. Only when incidents like the one in Las Vegas happen do we wake up from our slumber The problem is, people don't really understand how sinful sin is. They don't want to believe in a God who burns with anger. Yet what they fail to realize is how holy the Lord is and how wretched they are. You want to know why a gunman unloaded a small arsenal upon the crowd in Las Vegas? because the heart of man is evil. Part of the reason people want to find some ulterior motive is because deep down they know that that same evil lurks within them and they don't want to face the truth. What about you? Do you understand your sinful state? Do you realize the depth of evil that is within your own heart? Let me put it another way. Do you comprehend the righteousness of God? How holy and pure He is? Do you know of His wrath towards your sin? Just as King Xerxes did not let his emotions rule his judgment. Thankfully, neither does God. He is patient in his dealings with men. Psalm 78, verses 38 and 39. Yet he was merciful. He forgave their iniquities, and he did not destroy them. Time after time he restrained his anger and did not stir up his full wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a passing breeze that does not return. God is both patient and just. He withholds his wrath, waiting for his people to repent. But just as Queen Vashti had to be deposed, Adam also had to be removed from his position of headship. And just as King Xerxes needed to find a better queen, so too God needed to find a better Adam. Romans 5, verses 18 and 19. Consequently, just as a result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. That one man is Christ. Jesus stepped into that role. He is the new Adam, He is the only one who can fill that void. Both Son of Man and Son of God. Only He can intercede on man's behalf, saving them from the destruction that is to come. Through the blood that He shed upon the cross, He satisfies God's wrath. Wrath that should be directed towards you. The the fury and anger of the King should be yours to bear, yet it is through Christ's obedience that you can find forgiveness. Forgiveness. Turn from your sins and trust in Him, both in who He is and what He has done for you. It is only through Him that you will find escape from the fury of God. Where Adam failed, Christ succeeds. Let us pray. Father, We ask that you would show to us uh, the evil that is within our own hearts. Yes, I have evil in my heart as well. Remind us of how, how wicked we really are and how holy you are. Let us cling to your Son and his righteousness. He truly is our only hope. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, we pray. Give to us new hearts. Cleanse us from our depravity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.